0: Hi, I'm John Plesnick, and welcome to Train the Church, a podcast produced by Faith Bible Church, where I'm a pastor. Every episode, we gather together to talk about training men for ministry in the context of the local church. Joining me for this final episode in Season 1 is Chris Mueller and Nigel Shaler, fellow pastors at FBC.
1: Hey, JP. Hey,
0: John. Here we go. Together we lead the training center a 3-year program of ministry training for men set in the context of our local church. Last time we gathered we talked about how much can be expected of a man who's being trained for ministry. That question's frequently asked second only to what we're talking about this week. Can I see your curriculum? So when that question is asked guys and we get it a lot what do you think is actually being asked when guys say can I see your curriculum?
2: Uh, They want to see the book, you know, or the the notes or the binder that we take guys through. And they're thinking, you know, all you have to do is just kind of walk the guys through this, lecture, walk it through, make them, you know, learn this binder, and then we're all set. And that's their concept of training.
0: What would you say is the uh, the underlying assumption then? Like you said, that's the concept of training. Like what are they assuming then that we do or that they should be doing in that?
2: They're assuming, I think, most often that you get guys together and you put them in a classroom setting and you lecture through material. And really that's uh, equipping, that's teaching. It could even be preaching. It's not necessarily
1: training. Well, I think the assumption is that uh, life and ministry uh, can be taught by learning knowledge. Mm. And knowledge is important. Of course, we want to teach them content. But uh, that's not all, all there is in, in doing life.
0: And that does make it just a difficult question to answer. I think our general approach to curriculum uses layering where we revisit topics over and over and again. We talked about that a lot in episode seven, but it's, uh, it, it puts me, I always stumble a little bit when I'm asked that question, even though we get asked it, I think the most because there's so much to talk back through about both training process and that approach to it. So, so how do y'all tend to respond? Well, when you're asked that,
1: I, typically, I, go ahead, Nigel. I, I think of the Great Commission Jesus uh, telling his disciples to go out and make disciples, um, going, baptizing, and teaching them. But he, he's very specific. He doesn't say teaching them all I commanded you. He says teaching them to do all I commanded you. And that's the difference. You want them to put into practice all that he has commanded. And so there is knowledge, there is biblical truth, there is theology that has to be learned. That's the foundation, but that's not enough. They have to go out and put that into practice, and that's what we're uh, concerned for.
2: Yeah, you know, you look at Paul and he said, "I, I gave you my very life. I extended my life to you. So there's that element of discipleship that's involved. There's that element of practice, of training, of ministry exposure, of home life, of relationships, of understanding the local church and that dynamic. And so I'll look at a guy and I'll go, okay, well, you want to know about the content of what we're doing. How about the men's character? How about their chemistry? How about the way that they deal with conflict? How about, you know, and you begin to answer that question by showing them the massive different elements that are involved in the training process.
0: Because we've talked some about the overall process, the who, the how, let's talk a little bit about the actual content, right? If you were at the starting point today of designing a training process for men, what content questions would you be thinking through?
1: Well, you want it to be thoroughly biblical. You want to wash them in the Word. So that's going to start all the way from Genesis to Revelation. It has to be Bible-based, that's going to be the foundation of everything. You you need them to understand the flow of the narrative of Scripture all the way through Old Testament, uh, the fall, redemption, and God's promises, and all the way through the New Testament as well, the spread of the gospel and so forth. That has to be there. They need to understand how God has dealt with mankind and the problem of sin and how to do ministry to others.
0: Now, before, before you go on, when I yes. really want you to go on, I think it's important to interject because it could be understood from what you're saying that you feel like every man who's being trained for ministry needs to work through and read through book by book, every Old Testament book, every New Testament book. Uh, to, part of the training then involves reading through the whole Bible and having an accurate and thorough understanding of each book of the Bible. Is that what you're describing?
1: Well, no, not specifically. We don't have time to get them to read all of the content of the Bible in one semester. So In what we do. In what we do. uh, So what we need them to do is have a really good understanding of what each book of the Bible says, uh, what the purpose of each book of the Bible, uh, themes, uh, there are specific ministry passages that will jump out from each book of the Old and New Testaments. We need them to know those. Uh, and on top of that, we just need them to know the story of the Bible. Where, of the, it fits, where it, where each it fits. Each book fits historicity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are the key things. Okay.
2: So well, part of it too, John, is that, again, the alternatives are men will say, well, I need them to understand the cults or I need them to understand character Or I need to understand, you know, let's get their marriages down. Or maybe just their personal devotion before the Lord. But the scripture is sufficient. And so giving them the Bible with all of that in mind, with character, with the truth, with the gospel, with the sense of priorities and all those different elements, then how can you not teach on all those elements as you walk through or emphasize those elements as you walk through? The entire scripture. And really what we're dealing with is men of the church are convinced that they know more of the Bible than what they really do. And so every year we give them that opening quiz and guys who've been elders at other churches and significant players flunk, you know, and, and get one out of 20. And it's just basic Bible. And the problem is, is that we've kind of created a culture, or at least the American culture in the church, is that, you know, you really don't know the Scripture. And it's not important that you know the Scripture. And we would say the opposite. You need to know the Bible. You need to know, you know, front cover, back cover, every element, where every book fits, all the key passages that are in each book, and more that you need to learn, and how it all fits together, and become very comfortable and very reliant on it, and really that started with uh, the beginnings of of the training center, which were, you know, Irv Busenitz asking me to teach the ordination practicum class at the Master Seminary and saying, this is how I want it to be done. I want the guys to not just memorize this through sing-songy little things that they can then rattle off in an ordination process and then forget. It was, I want you to teach this so that guys will remember the rest of their lives, have it in the back pocket. And then, you know, they're at seminary normally taught the pastoral epistles, and then they're taught the historical books of the Old Testament. And it's all disjointed as they've studied it. And he said, I want them to get it in the overall flow of all the historicity of the Bible and, and understand the theological passages that are there. And so really the emphasis has been to give them a real handle on the scripture in a way that they have it in their back pocket. They use the scripture as they're dealing with people, they're talking about the scripture as they're working through issues in their home life and in their marriage and in their parenting and every element and all of ministry. And so obviously there's more to learn, you know, that we're gonna learn all the rest of our lives, but we're really trying to give them a really strong skeleton and actually put some flesh on it for them. And you really can't improve on the scripture. You know, you could say, again, any other kind of discipline study is gonna be found in that. And so that's why we constantly emphasize that. And as we go through it, they learn every passage on marriage. Why? Because 19 out of 20 problems that guys face in ministry are marital. And so we want them to know all the marriage passages, how they should be dealt with, what they teach us about marriage, et cetera. All the discipline passages and all the passages that, not all of them, but most of them that talk about God's character. Because that's the essence of everybody's problem is of, you know, some sort of violation or error or wrong thinking about God's character. So we're addressing it in terms of um, relating to every aspect of life and every aspect of ministry. So they need to know the Bible. I, I, I just, I, I, always, I always love those other approaches. I hear great justification for it. You know, let's go through this wonderful book. And there are some great books. But the problem is, is that you just can't match the scripture and we need our guys to really be comfortable in the scripture and to have a sense that when they're facing an issue, they're going to dig more into the scripture. So we start with the scripture.
0: When we're talking then, designing a new training program process, and we're thinking about content to think through, scriptures our foundation the totally hear what y'all are saying this has got to be the 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 backbone and the the core of what's being taught in essence the very first thing there is more content that's generally provided that's based on the target you're aiming for in your training right if you're seeking to make a bunch of preachers your content is going to be a lot different than if you're seeking to create a lot of counselors like you you just have different um, content that you're going to need other foundations, though, is there other things where you're like, you know what, no matter where we're headed with training, these core things need to come into play? What are those?
1: Yeah, so in our first year, uh, the, we start with the Bible first semester. Second semester is going to be systematic theology. That's where the guys really tie together uh, many of those ministry passages that they've learned as we've gone through the flow of scripture. But now they're systematizing, grouping them together, having uh, cohesive uh, arguments regarding uh, systematic theology, starting with um, bibliology and theology proper, and then through all the disciplines. They need to have a sound theology if they're going to be sound in ministry.
2: Well, and again, emphasizing one element is that you know we would have exams that they would have to take online now they used to be in print and now they're online they have to take that exam multiple times until they get 80% in the first semester on the bible by the time they get the theology they're writing papers and they're articulating truth in simple definitions with a verse and a passage and, a, and an accurate definition of a theological concept and they're working that through together which is typically what happens in the local church you're working through your theology together so we're trying to approach it in a training mindset, so we're trying to attack it differently because men are different and we see how they react to it, but we're trying to actually establish them with a sound theology, and we also are trying to move away from this uh, uh, kind of modern concept that theology is like a smorgasbord, and I just go to the table and pick and choose what I like. It's like we want them to see that all their theology is driven from the text from sound expositional understanding of the scripture, period. That they don't just go to the smorgasbord of theology and pick what they like. They see this as coming and drawing from the scripture itself, and they have to defend it that way. And then we use books to kind of supplement our understanding, but the, it's the books that are bringing clarity to the scripture to help us understand it better, but it's all driven by the scripture, even the theology. And so we're constantly bringing them back to Look, defend this, you know, biblically. Show us the passages that then defend this particular position you're taking. And then if they're struggling with that, we'll find other sources to help us work that through with them. But we really want them to know the word and really be comfortable with the word because everything else then in year two with their whole um, understanding of shepherding and ministry to people and discipleship and preaching and teaching – has got to have that foundation. It's all about the word.
0: So if you're thinking after foundations, then designing the actual content, what drives your content choices? Like, how how do you figure out, Chris, you said there's a bunch of books written, like, you know, so you're going to focus in on helping a guy, I'm going to just pretend, you're going to help a guy become better at counseling. Right. So how how are you going to determine what to cover content wise with him?
2: Well, again, uh, the whole training center process, year one, two and three, are based upon the foundation of the word and theology and practical theology. So everybody needs that. And if you're going to counsel a guy, then he needs to understand God's character. And he understands needs to understand how the scripture relates to many of the issues that people face and how that's a violation of God's character. And then later on, understanding what counseling and the process of counseling is doing as bringing them under the authority of the word and the sufficiency of the word. But we're driving that truth home and laying that foundation so that when we finally get to actually the element of counseling in year two, that they have that foundation where they're like, okay, well, our source is the scripture. And so, and our source, of course, is the, 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 um, Sound theology—it's—it's it's the context of community. It's within the context of the local church. It's the authority of the word. All those elements are already hopefully built into them. So we're laying a foundation for sound counseling the first year, and sometimes we'll reference it. Sometimes we won't. But they get it once we go through this process. That it all starts there.
0: Yeah, and I love what you're saying that. What your ultimate target is should actually be woven through everything you're doing from day one all the way forward. Now, take a step back away from what we're doing training center-wise. Think about most guys who oftentimes begin to train men in the local church because they need some good lay elders. And they think about, okay, how can I develop some men who are going to be one day lay elders in my church? And they're thinking about what to do with them. Beyond Bible, how do you recommend that they approach what to do with those men, content-wise?
1: I think we've described it. I, I think we're, going, we're just going to take them through the process that we've outlined over these episodes. I think the normal way that a, a pastor might approach this is just to find all the books on eldership they can find and, uh, and read them together and try to produce elders out of the men that they have. It's not helpful, it's not going, it's not the right way about uh, discovering who it is that might be the next generation of elders in that church.
0: Yeah, you don't want to divorce. It creates a pass-fail for certain men, right, who are in the process. Mm -hmm. I think you
2: don't want want to divorce content from, again, the other elements of training. So we're still, again, drifting towards the, well, if I just give them the content, then they'll be set. And they need, like Nigel said, they've got to have the word. But they got to have the word in the context of discipleship, of mentoring, of availability, the the healthy local church, functioning, ministry, etc. And again, I'm thinking about my mentor, John MacArthur, his first decade at Grace Church. Every Saturday, he's with a bunch of guys. He's pouring through the overview of the scripture. He's pouring through theology with them. And yet, there was so much more that was engaged in that process. Uh, He was talking to them, meeting with them, dialoguing with them, uh, interacting with their homes and their families. And there was a a massive amount of work that he was doing. And again, I think that's where a lot of guys go south. It's just like, you know, I just can't afford more than 40 hours. And I'm like, wait, you're supported to do this. Understand it's your life that you're engaging with people. You know, it's not that they fit into a compartment. They need to interact with you, and they will, but they'll see my faults. Welcome to the club. That's part of the training process is that how do you deal with your faults? How do you deal with your weaknesses? How do you deal with your sin bents so that they can see you overcome those things and begin to be encouraged by their own sin bents, et cetera, that we're all in this together trying to become like Christ, right? So there's a hopefully a trust in that. But I know that John, you know, he would meet with the men, he would talk to them, uh, they would interact with him on just more than just Saturday morning. And those men became the elders of Grace Community Church. Well, I took that as my mantra, you know, that was my, I'm going to do the same thing. I want these guys to be engaged in life on life, and we're going to interact with them. And then, you know, John, you did this with me, and then I just done. And so we've just interacted with these men on this basis, not again, that to do it our way. But Look, it can't just be that you're giving them content. You're seeing how it's applied. You're walking them through the issues. You're seeing them in ministry. You're interacting with their their families in such a way that we begin to develop them through this process. I think if you just say, well, we're going to make you lay elders. Again, the Holy Spirit makes elders, not you, Acts 20. So we're trying to help them recognize who is those men. That was bad English. Who are set apart to do this process and then acknowledge that and recognize that. Well, they learn that through the course of ministry. They learn that through the course of learning the word and theology, and it becomes manifested as, as the fruit of their lives begins to develop. We're looking at guys right now in the first year, and we're thinking, that guy might be an elder. Nobody's thinking that right now, but boy, it seems really obvious that the way he responds, the way he shepherds his heart over the word and people seems to be manifested in that way. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in year two and year three.
0: We uh, that was
2: a lot. That's
0: great. No, and I'm, you know, trying to represent the questions we get asked as we talk here. The when you look at the overall process we have, we use as counted roughly 50 books uh, that we have the men read at different stages through the three years. How do you assess Which ones to use? Like, What's the filter?
1: I think we start out with the books that are going to be helpful in uh, learning the scriptures. Um, And then we'll choose uh, targeted subjects like um, marriage or shepherding or discipleship, those kinds of things. I think we end up uh, in year three with exposing the students with some uh, books that might not necessarily be something we would totally affirm but we want them to interact with um, with ideas concepts that aren't altogether biblical and see how they respond see how they deal with that so we kind of broaden the scope at that point Uh, another thing we do in addition to the books is of course we teach them how to use logos which is a huge tool and and as part of the curriculum we haven't mentioned yet is we want to teach them hermeneutics they not only do they need to know the scriptures, but they need to know how to handle the scriptures. And so we want them to to learn the rules of grammar, to be able to outline uh, scripture uh, in the original language using some of the tools that Logos provides, and uh, and to be able to uh, create teaching outlines, those kinds of things. So there's a whole lot that goes into adding other materials in addition to the, the Bible, which is foundational. And I think in the first year, the, the book's... Add a, uh, an element to the training
2: process. So, you know we'll use uh, again uh, something that's really solid, the MacArthur Handbook of uh, the Bible, uh, and then we might complement that with houses uh, later on um, biblical doctrine or uh, uh, chart chart, chart, uh, chart books. So the, uh, guys that more a visual learner. Uh, in the early days, we used Ends and his uh, Moody's Handbook of Theology and said you know, well, the soteriology is not good, and now it's good. Yeah, but revised edition, great. Yeah, yeah, the latest edition is, is accurate and, and effective. And so we're trying to hit them at different angles. We might give them a very broad, you know, even recommend uh, MacArthur's Theology um, uh, Bible Doctrine, Charlie's
0: visual theology, Charlie's and Byers is great. And there's yeah.
2: there are just all different ways to learn the same truth, mm-hmm. but we're not interested at, in the first year at exposing them to a bunch of error. Uh, we want them to really be grounded in truth. As we get to the last year, that's when we want the, hey, how do you deal with that? Because they're going to deal with that the rest of their lives, and we're trying to help them to establish a, a biblical philosophy of ministry, so that means they're going to have to deal with guys they disagree with. So... But in the first year it's solid stuff, but different ways to learn solid stuff because guys learn differently. And if we can help them to energize that and understand that, then they're learning more about themselves and learning about how they're built. And that helps us to kind of acknowledge, well, how are you put together? What's your contribution to the kingdom? How do you learn best? That kind of thing.
0: I think in distinction from many uh, training processes, When we talk about content and the books we use, those books aren't referenced very much in the context of class. We have them read them, and there's accountability for that. And there might be a 10-minute discussion, sometimes on a particular book. But generally, we are talking much more about what the Word says and its ramifications for ministry as it relates to the content about which they might have just read. And so as they're reading, you know, Leading with Love by Rikuchi on um, marriage and what, what that looks like to have a godly marriage. Like
2: in the second year.
0: Yeah, during yeah. the second year. We're, we're talking a lot about marriage that night and we're, we're asking them and causing them to wrestle with things, talking about shepherding through marriage, a whole host of things. Somebody's preaching on marriage. But we don't do a whole lot of discussion or working through of that book chapter by chapter. Well,
1: it doesn't make any sense to do book reviews. Um, and just regurgitating the content of a book uh, is not helpful. They've read the material. They're familiar with the material. Now yeah. we need to help them to see how this applies, how, what things were helpful, what, what could be implemented into their lives and marriages if it's a, a book on marriage. Those are the discussions that are really helpful because now you're putting rubber on the road. Yeah, yeah we might help them with say, uh,
2: okay, just for a moment now, you've all read the book, so give us the ten principles that just stood out in that book that you would like to put into practice, that you would like to use in ministry with others, that you and your wife would like to engage in, you know, or maybe work on. And sometimes we do that with groups, sometimes solo. Uh, It's pretty fast, pretty minimal, but then it's introducing maybe the passage on Ephesians 5 that somebody's gonna preach on marriage in in that context of the second year. So it's, it's just, it's always used differently. It's not necessarily, let's reiterate each chapter, every phrase. You know, in the first year, we might actually open up one of the theologies at one point and say, hey, did you see this definition? Did you miss that? You know, like trying to highlight the worth of what they're reading so that they're more engaged to look for stuff and look for truth in the sense of uh, as they're reading that material. Or like I'll open up the chart book and say, did you see this comparison, you know, between the all mill and pre mill positions? And you see how effective that is to be able to see that line by line, you know, the kind of thing. And so try to highlight that so that it reemphasizes the
1: worth of what they're doing. I, I'm concerned as someone listens to this that they might be thinking that we don't have much of a plan at all, that we kind of just fly by the seat of our pants and that the semesters, the, the weeks kind of go by and we kind of make it up as we go. That's not the fact, not the case. the case at all. We do have a plan and there is a curriculum, in fact, it's even available if someone wanted it. But the point that we're trying to make is that it's, it's not the curriculum that drives the process. And, uh, but it's important, uh, John, you might even uh, highlight later how people can get their hands on our curriculum, because it is available if anyone requests it, but that's not the point of the program at all.
0: I think uh, that's actually probably just the right place to end for today. Uh, Thank you for listening. This episode does mark the end of our first season. Uh, We are taking a break for some travel and uh, ministry uh, requirements, demands. And if you have ideas, things you'd like to hear us talk about during the second season, reach out to us. Uh, As Nigel mentioned, you can find show notes. We'll put a link in there to how you can get more information about uh, our curriculum. Uh, We'll also put in a list of the books we mentioned today in case there was something unfamiliar unfamiliar to you. That will all be at our website, www.trainthechurch.com. Hey, this is John Plesnick. I just wanted to break into what we recorded earlier in order to tell you more about season two of Train the Church. We have been doing a lot of planning. We're excited to bring an in-depth dive into each semester of the Three Years of Training Center and Training Center Express, the one-year program we do for women. So if you want to hear from students, if you want to hear some live audio, if you want to hear the week-by-week plan of what we're talking through, then you want to tune in later this fall. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player so that you'll know when the first episode drops. We don't have a date yet, so it's important to hit that subscribe button. All right, back to the show. Thanks for listening this season. We're praying you're motivated and equipped to better train your church. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John.